Hi, this is Claire, and this is the Sacred Pregnancy series of the Sacred Womb podcast. It might be the last or one of the last that I make in this particular series because the nature of my gestation has changed, and I've spoken to that in the last episode, 15 And I'm going to speak some more about that around the subject here today. Now, on death and what it is to hold the power of life and death in our wombs. Uh, Again, I'm speaking here into this container. I'm I'm sitting at my kitchen table and sewing a winter coat that I has been finished for a while but I'm I'm re-sewing a collar around it, a protective shield around neck and chest that I, it's the third collar I've put on this coat. <laughs> it's not that I wear through collars quickly but I haven't found just the right one and I suddenly got inspiration and I'm finding it. Um, sewing some orange, deep orange, burnt orange and dark yellow sleeves of an old tool jumpers, tooled sweaters into the collar to make this beautiful round shape that will go round my neck and back of my head. And we just got a, a cold spell of sort of winter that we never had this year in this part of Italy. So I actually need it. So interesting that I intuitively and spontaneously picked it up to fix it and it happened to be the perfect thing for this time of the year. Sitting with it on my lap just now too, which is also warming my legs. So (laughs) everything being exactly as it should be and I am feeling in tune with that. And I I wanted to start by speaking to that because I'm trying to transmit something about the perfection and the the lack of wrongness in all things including death including losing a child or what would conventionally be called losing a child um which I don't feel that I'm experiencing and yeah I want to just suggest um for a moment the truth of reality that every moment is perfectly, exquisitely correct in every moment. Um, Our human interactions and systems and structures might not be as correct, in particular our, our hierarchies and ways of controlling each other or trying to strongly influence each other might be less correct, um, less in harmony and aligned with the health, wealth and happiness of all of us. But ultimately, everything else is perfectly aligned. And and this is a concept that is particularly inverted and distorted in our physiology, in our biology, and our even more so in the female biology and female rhythms and cycles, the natural rhythms of the feminine, the sacred feminine manifest in the physical body of women, of womb one, is is very much distorted in our in our minds, in our customs, in our habits and pr- 
practices on a daily basis in our culture, our social norms and so on. And they're all profoundly distorted into the the almost complete annihilation of the sacred feminine and the, instead the presentation of this thing, this two-dimensional thing or one-dimensional thing, which is the the not woman, <laughs> but what is presented as women, what is cultured, indoctrinated and taught to us, conditioned to us as women, um, this bizarre object with high heels and pushed up breasts and compromised lymphatic system, um, deeply in bondage to submission under the masculine and to slavery into the system and to selling her children to the state, to educating them via the state and essentially giving the way giving away her power her life and her children's lives into a machine that is essentially slowly killing her and hiding from her by her own consent the very magic of her being having gone through this gestation up to month 7 and been in the magic of it, in the mysticism of it, rather than in the conventional inverted measured version of it. I've had had access to very specific phases of download, phases of interweaving and awakening profound wisdom around life and around what it is to be a sentient being in a biological body which is also a spirit and is also the cosmos and particularly at this point where the conventional trajectory in every way has been not followed of course, I've questioned in recent weeks what is going on then? You know, why am I not why am I not moving towards birth? Why am why is my gestation not progressing? What is going on inside my body? What is wrong? What is distorted? And much, much more. Like I could talk for hours around the kind of things that have come through my being, uh, come through my mind. And if I was following a conventional conveyor belt, I would be down the doctor's office, whatever, talking to a, a clinically minded person or a, a pharmacist or a surgeon or whatever, you know, that thing, <laughs> um, that trajectory because I'm not doing that, you know, it's always good to look at, you know, what would happen if I wasn't doing this? What would happen if I went with the neuroses and went with the presumption of contraction into something being very, very wrong? If instead I can deeply be present in myself, deeply let myself sink down into my body, stop coming up into my head, but 
sink down into the core of my being, not just the not just my physical body, but the core of what's at the core of my being, which I feel to be the universe, the cosmos, and the connection with the cosmos, the free flowing, the open channel with the cosmos. As I sink down into that, into my cervix and womb, as I touch my cervix with my fingertip, as I hold my hands on my belly, as I massage my belly, which is still very large and not going towards the eighth month, but as large as it was in the sixth month and a little less large than it was at the point of seven months. As I do all of this, as I like lock my attention, as it were, in a, in a very organic and natural and spontaneous, intuitive way, in a very what-feels-right kind of a way, lock my attention into my cervix and my womb, especially if I'm making a very direct contact through hands on belly, but even more so with fingertips on cervix. A very clear download is made, a download that I've had before. And I, again, the word download is, is clunky. It's not exactly what's happening. Download is not what's happening. Um, I'm not a computer <laughs> and I'm not a mechanical object. Um, I'm not a ship unloading cargo or loading up cargo. I'm a human, human being who is integrating a sense of something through my senses, through my sentience, through what I perceive, through my nervous system and conscious inside my own body. <clears throat> and because I'm using all my senses as one rather than the distorted separation of the senses because I'm using them symbiot symbiotically as that powered up thing that is more than the sum of the parts, a full switched on sentience. I'm able to very lucidly know through my fingertips and through feeling both myself touching myself internally and through the fingertips and through the cervix is what I'm trying to say, but also through much, much, something much bigger than that, literally feeling the womb as portal that I could almost fall into myself through my hands, like reach my hands right inside myself and turn myself inside out. Close the loop, come full circle. But the the emotional and mental story that comes through that or narrative or download or information that comes through that is a very clear everything is more than perfect like it's a, a sense a, a, a felt sense of everything being perfect the kind of sense that can only come in very specific situations of being completely protected completely warm and happy and well satiated and having no disturbance in the mind, no disturbance in the physical reality, no intrusion, the complete absence of anything aggravating at all, and being in, in a paradise of comfort. Um, I don't necessarily get downloads of words with these kinds of experiences, but what I do get is... <clears throat> A 
sort of feeling that could be interpreted as all is well, everything is mystical and mysterious and beautiful and God is good and you are good, I am good and nothing is wrong, everything is right. And because of that, because of that feeling, I'm able to change my perception of, for example, what I felt I talked about in previous podcasts, a previous podcast, I think it was number 13, talking about my stepmother's passing. And before that, talking about Sergio's passing, the man who I came to Italy with. Um, particularly my experience of gestation around my mother's, stepmother's, Margaret's passing was it was very significant there was a, a very significant moment around the time when she was actually passing and then beyond when once she had actually physically passed stopped breathing her heart stopped beating and she left her physical body i myself thousands of miles away from her or however many whatever distance i am from scotland and italy had a, a very strong, and I'd had it for a few days in a row, or at least a couple of days in a row, the sense of uh, pressing behind my cervix of a child being locked into place and needing to leave, wanting to leave, or feeling that he had to leave. And that was very upsetting to me in my sixth month or fifth, fifth month, maybe. It was very upsetting to me, but very tangibly, this is what's happening. And I made a very specific prayer around that of whatever needs to leave, please let it leave. But whatever is good and right and wants to stay, please let it stay. I am able and willing to hold whatever it is that whatever needs to be done, I'm able to hold whatever needs to stay. Whatever is right and good and for the benefit of this world, for the benefit of the whole, for the benefit of the cosmos, I am here to hold this. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes, whatever is necessary to house that child, to house that spirit, to house or integrate that resonance. And anything that needs to leave can leave, is welcome to leave and may it leave easily, efficiently, comfortably, easily, again, um, even ecstatically. And it was a difficult thing to get into that, to really let go, like to really let go and really allow that to happen and know that I could be letting go of a child, a fetus, that could be coming out into the world too early and would be not living. And... And the fact of entering into the prayer, various other extremely mystical things happened that week and the next couple of weeks and then the next week after that that have been very hard I've, ex I've explored a little of it in my last podcast number 15 but ultimately um, this week uh, again a, a whole series of enrichments, again downloads, um, 
gifts have been given. And again, given suggests something coming from somewhere and coming, being made available to me here um, as an ego and physical entity in the world. But um, what what might be more accurate for me in my, my experience, what I'm experiencing right now, is that I sense uh, a bridging of realms, realms which have been manipulated, separated, separated through manipulation, and which part of which the sacred aspects of which perhaps have been of the higher realms, the lower realms have been occulted and distorted. I feel an integration of, of all of this. I feel an integration of the child that was in in me that I felt from the beginning, this oneness with, this lack of separation from, the lack of it being a physical entity possibly. Um, as I've mentioned in my previous podcast, I think I've mentioned this, so I might have kept it a little bit secret. But I've certainly talked about it with, one person at least, maybe a couple of people who have been supporting me all along the way, who've been there with me on a daily basis. Um, the sense of a child coming and going, of a, a being, being in the physical, but also in the energetic, and at times being only in the energetic, that has been a very... Powerful dynamic force in my experience of gestation. It's been unsettling at times, but getting used to it over the period that I've been gestating over the months. I found that something has settled, something very profound has settled. My, my surrender to it, my surrender to being a physical entity on this earth and being finite, my surrender to my own death, my own life blossoming and then death blossoming further has been, yeah, the whole experience has been very significant, very, um, perhaps very making more and more sense all the time. And <clears throat> things that, <clears throat> things that, <clears throat> excuse me, things that would have caused me great grief and great turmoil and great resistance in previous moments of my life. In this moment have been, again, gifts, have been gifts that liberate me and inform me on a spiritual and and intellectual and energetic level to simply let go and simply be and to be freer, to be more sovereign, to be more sure of my mystical experience in this lifetime. <clears throat> And the, 
the cycle of suffering that I've experienced in my own life around death, around losing folk close to me, around conceiving and, and losing the child, conceiving and losing the child multiple, multiple times. That cycle of birth and death, that cycle of loss and suffering, or of having something and then not having it, um, feeling that I need the physical confirmation, I need reality to be in front of me in a form that I can comprehend and control and and verify and show to other people that I, that it's true. Um, all of that need to to control essentially, and the need for like the verification and the sureness, the solidity, the full on material experience in its purity, without any ambiguity, without any other level of meaning, but just the pure physical. That That is leaving me, and it's a very, very strange feeling to leave the purely physical behind, leave it like stepping out of psychosis, like sloughing a dead skin, like getting up one day and walking out of the house and leaving it forever, and just walking and seeing what greets us in the world. It's um, it's beautiful and it's kind of all-consumingly exhilarating and it's liberating. Certainly, that's that's the least it is. The least it is is extremely liberating. Um. And yeah, it certainly leaves me with a, a much less fear, tension, pain around my own death as and when it comes, whenever it comes. Uh, less of a less of a sense of striving to avoid death or striving to delay anything particularly uncomfortable unfolding, striving to avoid anything unexpected happening to have insurance and reassurance that that this or that won't ever befall me um, sort of feels like a, an embracing of life in all its colour and feeling in all the feelings <laughs> um, my sense of not being afraid of my own death, also anchoring me into not being afraid of failing, um, anchoring me into not being afraid of trying and failing, not being afraid anymore of looking stupid or feeling too small or I don't I don't really know what else to say about that. It just Yeah, very profound sense of, of not afraidness that 
makes me feel in this moment like I could do anything and also I could do nothing and both would be incredibly meaningful and powerful. <laughs> so, yeah, onwards, um, it's really interesting to me that at the point of acceptance of all of this, including my own death and including what I previously would have seen as the death of my child, but I now see as the integration of consciousness into my conscious. I also started painting again, and I, I mostly haven't painted whilst I've been gestating, which is kind of weird, considering that I have a you know, 40 plus years <laughs> painting practice for the most part. Um, I didn't paint as much when I was at school as as I, I have done since I've left school and art school, but um, I certainly have been painting and drawing the majority of my life and doing it very actively since my early teens, being very actively engaged in daily drawing practice and painting practice. So it is a very strange thing having chosen as a path this medium and this primal practice. And then of all the times, you know, a lot of women talk about the the creativity that they feel uh, more creative than usual in their gestation. And yeah, just really funny to me that I felt certainly less, I, I've, it possibly was to do with not wanting to be exposed to solvent fumes. It could very possibly be linked to that too but I always feel that things have multiple meanings and uh, I feel that there was something very profound creatively not not just the creation of a child but there was something very much more going on inside of myself when I was just dating and the the painting is metaphor for that like I felt a much stronger draw to sewing and to fixing up my house and preparing the house for a child to be living in felt a much stronger call to that whilst I was gestating than than to painting and almost as soon as I fully consciously accepted and released my attachment to I don't want to not be pregnant I want to be pregnant I must be pregnant I have to be pregnant I I can't bear the thought of not being pregnant, etc. As soon as I'd released my attachment to that and my ego and my neuroses that were clinging to the physical, the purely physical aspect, almost as soon as that was properly acknowledged and released, here I was just immediately delving again into the full the full immersion of creative flow through the primal act of painting and the completely intuitive act of painting. Yeah, definitely a, a shift from internal creation on a very deep level to external again. And a whole, a whole clarity around, you know, accepting the gifts, accepting the download, whole clarity around letting go of 
of a, a lot of different aspects of my life and work that were caught in contract, caught in tension, caught in stress, essentially, to fulfilment, um, like my need to teach folk how to be free or healthy or my need to share with folk truths about modern medicine and the art world and and so on. But being stuck in this really big tension that's almost the same tension as the people who are stuck under the beliefs that the medicine is going to help them, that school is going to teach them, that a conventional job is going to be security for them. It's not that different attention and I and I been really I have been really appreciating you know how it is that these you know even whole paradigms can be passed down generation to generation when the the younger iteration of the family can feel that they're rejecting the old and they're rejecting like the church or the education that their parents submitted to and yet we can be just repeating the exact same the exact same um, pattern, ultimately. It's just slightly different package, um, same ingredients, and same unhealthy outcome. So, yeah, I feel like a, a whole recalibration of where my energy was going in the world has been created and that feels profound again feels liberating feels like another step into sovereignty into freedom and pleasure enjoyment of my time here on earth and fulfillment profound fulfillment um yes yeah, I've absolutely wrestled with this issue of, of not being able to have a child for, for decades in my life. It's been an excruciating torture for me and something that I felt was not right, that it was, uh, you know, something wrong with me, something wrong in the world, something contaminating me or something profoundly distorted or not... Um, not developed correctly or too injured and to recognise that in fact we all have these absolutely unique paths absolutely unique and stepping out the trajectory of the conventional logic or measurement or mathematics of what a child looks like, what what a child is for even, what, how the child is a property of the state or a property of the parents even, how the child is an object that gets treated to a certain protocol and how that in turn keeps the, the matrix churning away and keeps the billionaires in their sickening stance of feeding off the breast of the world and feeding off the breast of everyone. 
yeah, it's it's pretty um, mind blowing to to step out of all of that and to be on the other side of it and to be sort of ob- observing it, not with morbid curiosity or anything, but sort of with awe at how long that went on, how I spent a lifetime doing that. I spent almost 50 years thinking like that too and feeling that I was losing something, something that was already within me. something that was unfolding in perfect symmetry, including the death, including the loss, perfectly sacred geometry, perfect sacred geometry of life, mirroring life and life, creating life. And in the physical realm, the what we view as death, in the right order, in the right and natural and ordained and sacred geometrically order. Just as I've experienced losing people that I've been close to or had complex relationships with, the, uh, how to word this because it's very difficult it's like trying to unravel the subject of art when people are so conditioned to be alienated from their own creativity we're so conditioned to be alienated from the riches that are transmitted to us during death the riches that are returned to the earth that are returned to us the riches that are the merit gained that is returned to the collective. The release of tensions that were held by the person and by those who interacted with the person who is dying. Because I've had this teaching of of taking oh, sorry, I lost a bit in that sentence, um like taking more meaning, accepting more meaning, accepting the gifts because I've had this experience, I was well prepared for this third death, as it were, which wasn't really, you know, what I'm trying to say is that like the way we've been taught to view death and seeing it as a loss means that we're not seeing any of the gifts of it and the system is able to hoover us up, you know, vacuum us up into the system and profit financially, which means that indirectly we're all giving our sweat equity via coin to the system, to others. And eventually, you know, up in this system that goes upwards, as spirals upwards into the false hierarchy. That we're essentially paying for our own deaths and paying for the deaths of our loved ones and paying, you know, even to the point where it becomes, you know, a death becomes a really expensive problem for folk who have very little resources um just the difference in allowing one's sovereignty to lead rather than giving the authority to an external body agency or expert to deal with death for us um 
Yeah, because not only do we have our blood and tissue that goes back to the earth, that is a gift for the earth, that we gain merit through giving, <clears throat> but we also have the consciousness and energy <clears throat> of that what which could have come to be, but which doesn't come into being now. We also have the consequence of it not coming into being, that if it had come into being, or if it had continued to live, there would have been further promotion of the distortion, promotion of life and death somehow being opposing warring factions <laughs> and us being stuck in the middle, as it were. Um, yeah, stuck in the middle of this these warring sides, you know, God and the devil and us like like children being punished underneath um, the weight of this terrible war. Yeah, it's, it, it is really powerful to simply walk away from that battlefield and simply live the truth of what's going on the truth of expansiveness the true the truth of the treasure that belongs to us as it were the truth of being part of a great mystery and being co-creators in that great mystery And as such, the truth that we're, anything that we're doing, anything that we're participating in, we, we cannot be victims to, we can only be co-creators in. We cannot be subservient to anything. We can only be trying something out, playing with something, playing with death, playing with loss, playing with suffering playing the role of that who is dying, playing the role of that who is left behind. We can only ever be trying those roles out for a fit to see what it feels like, to see what it is to be purely, purely isolated in the physical, purely, purely alone, without God, alone, without support from the cosmos. Helpless and vulnerable and in conflict with reality, in conflict with the very nature of nature. Instead being fully immersed and actively acting our part as a unique, a completely unique co-creator with every moment that we're living being a completely unique 
co-creative moment with gifts coming from left, right and centre, above and below at all times for us to simply pick up, observe, witness and release uh, or integrate or be nourished by or just frivolously enjoy as they come through. Yeah, in my earlier iterations in my life, I would have found it very, very difficult to allow these gifts to come to me. There would have been layers and layers of guilt or denial, suffering or pain that would be telling me. But... <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that would have some kind of a story that insisted that I should be <clears throat> not enjoying this, that I should be crying and writhing in pain or complaining to those around me or raging against God or and so on, you know, all the different forms that we have grown accustomed to seeing when a woman loses a child, uh, a woman who has been trained to be so completely detached from her own womb that she doesn't see that it is a perfect tool of nature and a perfect transmitter for God, for the cosmos for the holiness and sanctity of life, a perfectly sacred organ nestled right in the core of our being. Yeah, it's a, it's a different thing to, to be in the sovereignty of our womb and to be fulfilled as a mother without a physical object of a child in a crib next to us or at our breast. It's a, an extremely powerful liberation to know that I can integrate that consciousness. So instead of coming through me and suffering as a small being that then has to strive in the world, striving to make sense in, of a world that is, is very distorted in sense, striving to survive, earn a living instead of living and receiving the inheritance that is its rightful inheritance. Um, you know, perhaps that is a, a very great gift. Perhaps that is the greatest gift that can be given not of life, but of being released and integrated into that which already is, which is coming through life, which is acting consciously in the 3D, in the three-dimensional. It's certainly true to me that Whatever meaning there is, the meaning is there. The significance of everything is there for us to either 
look for and witness and feel and sense and express, or it's not. You know, if our attention isn't on it, then it, it literally won't exist. There won't be any meaning. And that's a choice, that we're not looking for it, that we're not taking time to witness it, that we're not striving to look for it and letting go to look for it, that we're not finding it because we're we're keeping the doors open, the doors of our mind, of our perception, of our sentience open. So, just some thoughts about all of that. <laughs> Again, I, I know something a subject I've talked about, I, I've made a podcast before about death and about the meaning and gifts of death and having experienced at least three more deaths of people close to me and someone who was living inside me. Since then, I feel all the more strongly or rather I am knowing more strongly um, in an embodied way birth and death are supposed to be ecstatic we're supposed to arrive ecstatically and leave ecstatically and that suggests that the time in between should also be ecstatic. And the ecstasy that I talk about isn't like a contrived, sexualized ecstasy, which is contracted into a commercial system, into a war between the masculine and feminine, into superficial overstimulation and discomfort, guised as freedom of pleasure. The real ecstasy of our beingness is our conscious awareness in the living moment, in the every moment, knowing that life is flowing through it and that even bound by the physical, what might be seen as limitations, we are still perfect, unlimited form energetically in a container that is physical although it all of that might seem like a trap but the the conundrum that is here for us to, us to unlock is how is it also not it's it, yes it's a it's a limiting and painful and difficult reality that we live in here but is it not also a gateway into something much greater? Are we not a gateway into something much greater and bigger, more beautiful, expansive, real, true, the truth, natural, immense? Is that not, is it not so? Um, I certainly know it to be so. And I, I know it through my whole beingness. And yeah, I transmit this. I transmit this to you and gift it to you freely. And I'll leave it there. <laughs>
if you would like to support my work in the physical realm, as in sending me coins or crypto to support me going to the shop and buying bread and milk, butter and eggs and such like, um, see the gift page of my website or send me a tip on Hive or some Bitcoin, whatever you like. Or contact me directly through my website to find a way that we can co-create together. Um, join our co-creation sessions or our art community over on Hive. Art, full stop, art, punto e basta. Um, join our co-creation sessions every Thursday. Um, all the links are over on my website, clairegaiasofia.com, C-L-A-R-E. Gaia Sophia. Um, I'm sure you'll find it if you look it for it. My love and merit gained goes out to you in your life, in your work, in your health, in your happiness, in your wealth. May all things that you need and want come to you effortlessly. And may you able you may may you be easily, effortlessly able to enjoy your gifts in this every moment that we live in. Love. <laughs>